Guys, we are here with our wonderful friend from Pods Like Us, and we're going to turn it over to him because we're actually on the other side of the microphone today. Our little team in the art lab is going to be interviewed by one of our favorite accounts from Twitter, and uh, it was our pleasure to meet him and take it away. Thank you very much. So, hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Cobol, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am speaking with uh, Doc Eath, uh, Heather, Sarah, and Debbie from Therapy Bites. Hey, guys, thanks for speaking with me today. Hey, thanks for Marv. having us. Thanks yeah, for having yeah, us. You know, you don't sound like you're from around here. You sound like you might be in a different part of the world. I'm from the middle of the UK, so in the Midlands of, of England, in Robin Hood country. Oh, I love awesome. it. We're in the Southlands of Arkansas. <laughs> well, the southlands of the U.S. Yeah. yeah. The north of Arkansas. Well, it looks like gorgeous weather there where you are. Oh, it's oh, beautiful. It We've yeah, had lots of storms day. lately, but those have cleared up, and the, the rain has turned the grass a beautiful emerald green, and the wind has stopped blowing all kinds of branches into the pool, so I'm ready for, <laughs> uh, for some sunny weather after a lot of stormy weather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we've only just finished, before talking to you, about half an hour beforehand, we just finished an enormous thunderstorm really? outside. Oh. And then it disappeared as we were getting <laughs> as we were getting ready for this show. So it must be something about you guys that's done it. <laughs> hey, man, we're, we're your lucky charm. That's awesome. <laughs> Everybody needs lucky charms. <laughs> so what's your histories then in, in the world of therapy? Where, where does it come from? Well, I started out in, in therapy, in psychology, uh, back in the early 80s, and I just fell in love with it. Yep. I was a psych tech, and I have been on in psych units, uh, uh, thankfully not as a patient, but in psych units uh, all over the U.S., and, and starting psych units and designing psych units and training staff for psych units. I spent a lot of time in Jural Psych, which was a very rewarding experience dealing with people at the, you know, the end of the spectrum of life. There's so much knowledge there. To you podcasters out there listening, let me just say, if you can interview some people that are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, it, it, you cannot believe the depth of knowledge that you can get on your podcast. And that's one of the things I miss the most about traveling about the U.S. doing uh, continuous quality improvement, CQI, and quality assurance, QA, is uh, working with people with just such a deep well of knowledge. So that was kind of my entry point. I, I uh, uh, you know, finished an undergrad in both psychology and social work and two other degrees, and then I... Uh, finished a master's in social work, a master's in psychology, and then finally got a PhD in neuropsychology and forensic psychology, rounding it up to a nice little total of uh, 
uh, a very expensive uh, eight college degrees, which I'm sure I'll find very little use for, but it's nice to have it under my belt. And now I do a private practice. I've done private practice uh, for so 29 going on 30 years now and uh, i work these days with my team of therapists uh, heather sarah debbie and we're having a blast and uh, that's my history of mental health okay heather um i had some well my first spark with um social work was from when i was um I wanted to be able to help people like some people were able to help me when I um, had some medical issues when I was a kid. And um, I didn't know exactly at the time that it was social work, but I knew that I wanted to be able to help people through hard times. And then um, so I went a couple different routes when first starting college. But then I decided um, after talking to some advisors that social work was a good um, it kind of enclosed a lot of areas and it was very widespread so um I decided to go to that field and I worked with it through my internship with veterans and worked through this with them also with the service dog program and then um started working um as a therapist went through both bachelor's and master's okay I've been working as a therapist for I think almost two years now I've had my license um, a little bit over two years Wow. Well done. Thank you. Debbie? Um, I have always enjoyed helping people. It seemed like all my life growing up, people would kind of come to me and talk to me and you know, <laughs> bear their hearts. Um, I had never really considered mental health as a career until I kind of had a difficult time in my own life and went through trauma therapy. And in the midst of that, just saw how wonderful it was, you know, to see how it could empower your life. And I decided I want to help others this way. So I decided to pursue a degree in social work. So I, I have, I had a bachelor's degree in social work, then went to grad school, graduate degree. Um, I did my internship at the Beck Center for Veterans, working with combat veterans with PTSD. And, um, and then came to work here with the team and enjoy, just love working here with the team. And um, I've been doing therapy probably about three years. So That's great. Thank mm -hmm. you for all the work that you do. Sarah? Yeah, thank you. Hi. Um, so kind of similar to Debbie, I went through some difficulty in my own life, and that kind of led me to want to be a social worker. I went back and forth for a while. At first I wanted to be a doctor, but then I, I really wanted to kind of help people address, you know, their thinking and kind of improve their life in, in that sense. So... Through my bachelor program in college, I was able to intern at the disability services on campus, and I worked there for a little bit uh, during my grad school as well. That was a wonderful experience. And then during grad school, I was able to do two different internships. I worked in an inpatient uh, mental health hospital for a year, and then I worked also at the Beck Center for Veterans with Combat Vets. That was wonderful. When I graduated and I got my um, license, I actually did medical social work um, for about uh, nine months or so, working in the hospitals, helping with discharge planning. Um, if people came in and they were in crisis, you know, suicidal or anything like that, I would help them through that and get them somewhere safe if they needed to be somewhere. Um, and then after that, I worked for an agency, a therapy agency for a while. And then now I've been here just a little bit over a year, I believe. So I've been doing social work for a little over three years. 
<laughs> yes, yes, we have sound effects. <laughs> wow, no expense spared today. <laughs> we do we do love going above and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go from that then to deciding to do a podcast then to, you know, this podcast itself? Gosh, you know, I think it happened shortly after um, the mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, they do that to you. <laughs> I'm a big advocate of, of mushrooms, but it's not the kind you think. It's uh, a mushroom extract, which I take three times a day. It uh, really helps with processing speed as well as your immune system. But that's another advertisement for another day. That's no, why he's a fun we, guy. We, thought, we, we started getting yes. requests from patients uh, to share out some of the uh, psychological information that we, well, that we charge for. Yeah. And not everybody in the States can afford insurance. And therefore, not everyone has the opportunity to go to therapy. And there's so much nonsense. There's so much misinformation, especially on social media uh, out there about psychological concepts. And, and some of the concepts are actually kind of hard to understand, we think. And we're really trying to boil those down. I'm not sure how good a job we're doing at boiling them down sometimes. We still have folks say, gosh, you know, you're you're still you're still too much in the clouds. You need to bring it down to a shoe leather level, like my dad used to say. So I, I think it was in an effort to to give back uh, and to meet the request of a lot of patients that were saying, "Y'all don't need to sit on this information. What you're doing is valuable." And we thought, "Gosh, how can we do that?" And we had this crazy idea of starting the podcast, which we did last October the 15th yep. uh, when we recorded in a marathon recording session <laughs> yes. six back-to-back <laughs> podcast episodes. Wow. And the first of which we've labeled appropriately something like the uh, our first ever awful, terrible podcast episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not that bad. I've listened. It's not that bad. And and we thankfully got some critiques for that. You know, for for you podcasters listening, what 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 is a critique? A critique is somebody who takes the time and energy to let you know that you're making a difference. So so. Yeah. Well, I think Sarah shared this with us. Uh, 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 Doc Heath Q-tip for the day. Quit taking it personally. Q-T-I-P. Quit taking it personally. And reset your mind. And when you get a critic, thank your lucky stars. Be grateful for that. Because as, uh, as old scripture says, iron sharpens iron. And we love critics. We, I would buy them a latte. With some mushroom extract in it. And, and I would give them a big hug and, and reach around and give them a wedgie also oh, just to yes. let them know that's nothing personal. And because critics can help you sharpen what you're doing and really embiggen your, your brain and embiggen your efforts. And, and we just love critics. So we got two critics early on. Yep. 
that I think gave us a three-star review, which I thought was very generous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I really would have thought of been a one-star review. I thought, gosh, you guys are just so generous uh, critiquing us and still giving us two stars that we really probably don't deserve. And uh, we took that information and really began to hone our craft. And I, I still don't think that we did a great job uh, the next few episodes, and so we honed it more. And I, I'll, I'll never be happy, probably, or pleased with the job we're doing because I, I think it's good kind of being your own worst critic. Uh, I don't think anybody can criticize us better than we can. And, yes, that's a challenge. <laughs> so when I get critics on social media like Twitter, I have a whole gang of uh, trolling Twitter or, or, or Twitter trolls and I'm so grateful for you guys. I, I, I tell you, I really am, because I think you really, really, it's, it's so motivating because uh, if you're doing something, if, if you never meet resistance, then you're going the wrong way. Yep. A good, a good way to know you're going the right way is that you meet resistance. You know, the old quote in the South is, if, if you never meet the devil head on, you need to check your direction, make sure you're not going the wrong direction. And if you never meet a critic, uh, you're going the wrong direction. Critics just let me know I'm, I'm doing something right. <laughs> How did you come up, come about the, stru- well, I, was, I mean, I've got show structure, but it's different according to what sort of episode that you do. Because mm-hmm. you will do the, the four heads thing where you'll just have your general discussion about specific subjects, but then you also have the, the interview shows as well. So, but therein, you still have these little sections in the show. How did you come about though, that actual structure for the show and what sort of structure, how would you explain that structure to people? I I would, I would explain it with the words, um, Insomnia-induced delirium. Uh, that that came about uh, staying up really late at night, uh, worrying and fretting on how to make some of our episodes stick out. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure exactly where that came from, just out of the... I mean, I wish I had a great answer for that. I I just think it came out of the ether. You know, I think when you the wonderful thing about the human brain is that if you give it something to think about and and simmer on and and then just let it cook, uh, it'll do that. Yeah. Uh, And and stop trying to force yourself uh, coming up with an answer. And so I was talking with a friend of mine about uh, a take on Sigmund Freud and I really, I really don't know if I came up with it or Tim came up with it. I guess I'll just give Tim credit for it. But Tim is a friend of mine that does that particular voiceover yep. of Dr. I'm a Freud not. Yes. And I think he gave him a name and I didn't like it. And I added the I'm a to it. I think he said Freud not. And I said, let's make it I'm a as in. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that that woo-woo psychology is on the right track? I'm a Freud not. Uh, And then Tim went on a vacation because he decided to do something crazy like take a honeymoon. I don't know why people do things like that. (laughs) 
You know, honeymoon is getting in the way of podcasting. Why, why would you do that? Well, Tim went on a honeymoon, and we needed a drop. And my other favorite guy is hanging around here somewhere. Oh, by the way, here's here's Dr. Imer Freud not. He's hanging about. And then, um, uh, oh, he's over there. Uh, uh, Debbie has him. Uh, and we came up with uh, a name to, to kind of uh, go off of Carl Jung. And at this point, I what, we haven't done a drop with Carl Jung in a while. What was I calling Carl Jung? Tart. Yeah. Dr. Jung. A Tart. Yeah. J U N G. Jung. Yeah. A Tart. So you say it three times really fast. Dr. Jung a Tart. Jung a Tart. Jung a Tart. And we just love plays on words. You know, we're just kind of silly that way. So all this stuff just comes about, I think, mainly induced by lack of sleep. And too many mushrooms. <laughs> too many mushrooms. Yeah. Watch out for the mushrooms. They get you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Steer clear of the primal screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get one in, but it's, it's having to be forced. Yeah, we, yeah we'd, have to mute, uh, we'd have to turn the, the gain on the mic down. I think we'd blow somebody's <laughs> eardrums out. But, but we just thought that would add interest. Now, the other drops, we have several drops. One drop is Social Media Smackdown, yeah. which is, is based on my own just sheer enjoyment <laughs> of debating nonsense on social media. It's really quite entertaining when people say, they think they've triggered me or something. <laughs> and and I literally read some of this stuff, and, and there's tears of laughter running <laughs> down my cheeks because I just think some of this stuff is such nonsense. And so I'll debate it. So we call that Social Media Smackdown, and we do the video where I've got the sock and boppers on and uh, the, uh, the sock and bopping robots in the background on my big screen, you know. Yep. The other one is called Sock Secrets, which is kind of an undercover thing to share some, you know, sock secrets like uh, what's the diagnosis that every parent has, uh, the secret diagnosis every parent has, trichotillomania. Oh. What is trichotillomania, <laughs> the irresistible urge to pull your hair out? Yeah. I, I see that you've had that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> follicularly challenged, I see. My brother's the same yes. way. Yep. He's, 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 he's yep. so jealous. So we do the sock secrets, yeah. and then what's the... Oh, Sarah does. Tell oh, yeah. us about yours, Sarah. Yeah, I do um, creature features. So we... That one's actually kind of morphed over time. Um, if you watch some of the earlier episodes, it was just me kind of sitting in my living room with my laptop on my lap um, and then after a while I decided to make it kind of silly and fun and so you'll see me hiding under the table and then I'll like whip up and I've got these sunglasses on and I'm like did you see him did you see him and then uh, it turned into more of like a reporter in kind of a Jurassic Park type of role and that's what it is right now so I go by Safari Sarah um, and it's just a lot of fun because we have a lot of these cute little creatures um, that came out of you know yeah. Um, Doc Heath's brain with all the mushroom coffee in it. And um, we wanted people to kind of know where they came from and what, what they stood for. Because, you know, if you just see like a little ant or a little gnat holding a compass, you're going to be like, what? What is that? So we were like, you know, what, let's introduce it in the episode. And um, it's been a lot of fun. And tell them what it stands for. Oh, yeah. An ant is an automatic negative thought. And a gnat is a negative automatic thought. Wow. And then we have different ants. We have the catastrophizing 
ant that mm-hmm. has a bazooka. Yeah. We have the fairytaling gnat, which uh, has a little wand. Yeah. We have the mind reading gnat mm-hmm. uh, that has a. Uh, what's the, oh the mind reading that has a little yeah he's got like the, the little, on his head we all do that Justice League <laughs> Aquaman thing and then we have the uh, fortune telling that mm-hmm. which is the crystal ball mm-hmm. and of course all these are distorted ways of thinking mm-hmm. so it's really just our quirky take on on common psychological concepts yep. from the field of cognitive science specifically cognitive behavioral therapy and I think sometimes when you have things that can be paired with like a physical um, like picture like you can kind of picture it in your mind it can almost be easier to learn it in a way like because you've got like fun ways to remember it mm-hmm. That's true. so yeah we have one of my favorites is the underthinking ant. you know you hear about overthinking i don't think that exists actually i've never met someone that actually thought too much it's the opposite of underthinking and the underthinking ant has a big long telescope focused at the ground mm-hmm. <laughs> brilliant Really? This reminds me of a lot of, you know, uh, Dr. Seuss elements. Uh, <laughs> yes. Over here we have Spike Milligan and other people. I mean, it's got that sort of feel to it. Uh-huh. But the thing is, I mean, the, 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 the structure that you've got, it, it's, it's, it's smart because it has almost got that feel of, you know, you know the old Saturday, Saturday morning television shows where you'd have like, You'd have like the overarching uh, main part of the show going on throughout, and then every now and again you'd have like little cartoons, and then yeah. these other bits going on in between. Mm-hmm. It's got almost that feel to it, but the way that you do it is that you don't lose track of what's going on in the main body of the show with these little incidental bits going on because these little incidental bits, like you know the creature feature and all those, they're only for like short moments. So you'll keep the track of the main bit, but having these little interstitials helps to keep the show, it gives it almost a pulse in a sense and keeps it lively and it gives it, it's got a heartbeat to it that that makes it, you know, yeah, we hope so. The intent is. is to kind of keep things moving along and to give the audience a payoff. So you kind of have to listen through to get all the payoffs. And the drops, as we call them, uh, are meant to be the payoffs. But the payoff is just a little bite, hence therapy bites, just a little psych- nutritious, a psychologically nutritious bite that if you stick around, there's something new every single time. We started doing this thing called uh, uh, a, uh, a psychomalarkey scale and I give the uh, the guest and, and and we actually we could Marv we could do this on you just right here off the cuff uh, just <laughs> one of the questions that we typically ask our guests and then at the end Dr. Ima Freudnot does what we call a uh, psychosilly psychomalarkey scale analysis of the contributions of the guest <laughs> and we we give the guest an option of one of two psychomalarkey scale assessments and one is the farm animal fork ball uh, you know, we use baseball terminology, and the others the, the farm animal <laughs> five, the farm animal five, and we just ask different questions. But I'll I'll let the guests choose, and then based on the assessment. But uh, I'll just ask you one of those. It's one of my favorite questions. If they pick uh, the uh, the fork ball assessment, and that is which piece of baseball equipment 
would you least like your proctologist to use at your next exam? <laughs> least like. Least like. Yes, but it's got to be a piece of baseball equipment. I mean, I'd rather not have any of that equipment, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're having a proctologist exam, and the proctologist says, I have this equipment. Uh, which one do you not want me to use? It's a very typical answer for most people. It's it's kind of disturbing. It's taking you so long I mean, to think about I'd it. I'd probably go for the bat. Most people do, yes. Most people would prefer not to have a proctology exam with a baseball bat. No, especially one of those metal ones that some of them use nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no Luger sluggers for my proctology exam, <laughs> which I'm scheduled for. And you men of a certain age, I encourage you to schedule yours as well with a proctologist without a baseball bat. I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd be talking about metal um, baseball bats going there. Man, this stuff is as serious as a dangling hemorrhoid, I'm telling you. Oh, dear me. <laughs> this is a live stream. We're not even editing this stuff. That's kind of scary, no. huh? <laughs> so out of the thousands of different topics that you could choose, what what makes you choose those specific topics that you talk about in each episode? And then what research do you do leading up to the episodes? Well, um, the the topics themselves, if we're just if we're just doing like uh, an episode with the four of us, um, we usually either get them from if a somebody has reached out to us with a question and they're like, "Hey, we'd really like you to cover this topic," or if it's something that we've been noticing a lot. If we've been working with people and they've got the same question over and over and over again, we're like, you know what? Why don't we make a podcast episode about this and share it out that way? Um, so not just the people that we're working with benefit from it. Um, and then sometimes it's just something kind of off the cuff where we're like, Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about this quite a bit and I'd love to, to make an episode about it. Um, so it, there's kind of multiple pools of information that we pull from. Yeah. I, I would encourage you podcasters out there. If you, whatever smartphone device you have, uh, here's mine. Oh, here, here's my son who's grilling hamburgers, by the way. Um, but uh, uh, Apple Notes, Apple Notes is, is my greatest podcast friend because yeah. I can, not while you're driving, be, be responsible, don't do it while you're driving or operating heavy machinery uh, or having a, a proctology exam. That would just be weird. But uh, write down your ideas somewhere because uh, not, here, here's a neuroscience thing, not every experience becomes a memory. Thoughts are experiences that may not become a memory. Thoughts about an episode topic are experiences that may not become a memory. So, so, so write them down, and that's what I do. Uh, you know, get them out of your head, put them, put them into your phone, and that's where mine come from. We have a lot that are that way. Uh, as Sarah said, we have actual patients who say, "Hey." Which we did the other day. That we, uh, Marv, you're our fourth podcast today. Wow, you're your podcast number four of today. Wow, uh, we did three right before you this morning, and uh, we we had somebody reach out to us and said, "Hey, would y'all please do an episode on healing distant relationships?" Yes, absolutely, we'll do that, and and that's for one person. Uh, actually, it's for 
uh, three people. We actually had three people that along the way said it'd be great if y'all did more, you know, shared some information about this. But we didn't do that for a million people. We don't have a million listeners. No. Uh, we don't really care if we have a million listeners. Three is enough. If we serve those three people, we've done our job. Um, yep. As I often say, uh, my, one of my favorite stories is of the uh, the farmer that went to church on a snowy evening, and the pastor said, "Well, you know, Farmer Johnson, since you're the only one that showed up, I guess we'll cancel services." And he said, "Preacher, if I got to feed the cows, and one cow shows up, I feed that cow." So you podcasters, listen to this: Stop trying to serve a million people; serve one. Why is that not enough? If you can change one life, if you can improve one person's life, just one. Why is that not enough? Uh, by the time you get to have 10, 20, 30, 40,000 listeners, I would argue you, if you're not careful, you will become a less effective podcaster because then you're podcasting to numbers, not people, and people are not numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you. Uh, so think, we get ideas from, from, from those things. Yep. Yeah. I think the more people that listen, if, if you're doing a show that's listened to by more people, I think it's more background and not paid attention to. If you if you do a show that is essentially niche and catches that little amount of people, you're being listened to more. You're not being it's not just like something that's going on in the background. It's mm-hmm. something that people pay attention to. It, when you find your audience, uh, uh, it, it's, well, it's kind of like Dale Carnegie said in his book, How to Win Friends, Influence People. Uh, and, and by yep. the way, he was around and passed away long before social media happened and all that. But uh, uh, I remember reading part of that book because it was in my dad's dr- uh, sock drawer. I don't know why I kept Dale Carnegie's book in the sock drawer, but I was a nosy kid and I pulled it out and read it. And it said that no man, no person has more than two to three really good friends. You just don't have time for that. Yeah. No one has 500 friends on Facebook. Those are people that click the link. That doesn't make them a friend. That makes them somebody that clicked the link on a social media account. That's not a friend. Friendship is deeper than that. So to your point, Marv, when you find your audience and it's a small audience, then the beauty of that is you have greater depth with that smaller audience than you have with a huge audience, which probably accounts to a very shallow depth because you can pour yourself into serving that niche. And then you're just kind of like a jigsaw puzzle piece in the mosaic of podcasting. And that's all we want to do. We're not here to try to, you know, as they say, be Joe Rogan. I have no interest in that. Uh, we're not here to appeal to everybody. Uh, we're here, here to appeal and serve in the best way we know how to the, the small niche audience that listens to our show. And it's not for everybody. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the best things with me is when people will say to me, I listen to your show. And because of that, I started. I found out about this other podcast, mm-hmm. who you've been having a chat with, and I've started listening to them now all the time. And that's the best thing is that they're paying attention and being introduced to another podcast. That's the whole idea of what I'm doing, really, is to introduce people to a show that they are looking for, but in some ways they didn't know they were looking for that. Man, what a mission. Cool. My hat's off to you. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Uh, the other place we get uh, our ideas is from my debates. 
and then also from just reviewing social media. If we see a concept that is is really shared out on mass that is inaccurate that we think is actually harmful to people then we tackle it we don't shy away we don't care who agrees with us who doesn't agree with us and uh we we tackle it we tackle it head on and without apology and rush limbaugh and you guys that don't know rush limbaugh you can look him up but uh and, and decide what you think about him he's from a town about two hours uh, north of here, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, uh, famous broadcast in the U.S. But Rush Limbaugh said you have a choice, and the choice is, and Sarah, the screen is off. I know, oh, I'm, I'm the getting it. Off. Uh, Rush Limbaugh said that uh, you have a choice. Uh, you can be milk toast about something, but that's not going to work in broadcasting. And I don't think it's going to work in podcasting either if you're for something 100 percent if you're against it 100 percent no half measures no partial measures come at it with passion determination and uh, gumption gumption that's a word my dad would use uh without apology if someone disagrees with you fantastic again it lets you know that you're headed in the right direction to use a star wars analogy there is no can or cannot no there is no try there is either can or cannot i think that's the that's that's sort right of there's a, no try there's no try there's only do or do not do it or don't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> but um you you mentioned by the way doc you mentioned about um about using apple notes and there's the secret behind the the blog post that i do when i blog about the podcast to listen to I'm screaming at my um, my phone using, you know, the Apple, you know, AI. I'm, I'm not going to shout it now. Um, <laughs> you, you'll never sh- you never shut the thing up. Um, but yeah, the amount of trouble I had trying to you say the phrase cata cata I can't even say it catastrophizing. Oh yeah, and, and it was like coming up with so many different options. I wish I'd have kept those options in the, in the blog post, actually, because that would have been humorous to see what it was putting forward. But, so, yeah, we both use Apple Notes. And catastrophization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Catastrophize and catastrophization. There is a, a scale. We call it the catastrophization scale. And once you're able to determine in your life what's a true level 10, then you'll see that most things are a 1 or maybe a point one, Because few things in life rise to level 10, but you run into people that catastrophize all the time. I, I was my last two podcasts for... Uh, a podcast I do called Executive Espresso, Caffeinated Conversations with Dr. Heath on Business Life and Relationship Success. Uh, they they just, I don't know, I had technomological difficulties. Technomology, by the way. Technomological <laughs> difficulties. Uh, Scar Hulk from uh, Hulk and the Agents of Smash used to say that, by the way. And uh, I thought about stopping the feed, but I didn't. I just, I just problem solved and fixed it and moved on. And it's life. And, and I, I think that we live in a world that is so weary with overproduced, uh, Hollywoodized, uh, just fakery and fairy tales that people are really hungry for something that's real. And I think that's the value that podcasting brings if, if we'll let it. It's, it's something, something that's, that's real. real. Absolutely. So, therapy tales. I I, lo- I love the episodes where you will discuss um, 
therapy uh, or incidents with therapy where people have been uh, been for therapy and they've been given wrong advice, maybe? Yeah, we're full of those. Uh, Debbie, what's one of those that you said that you heard? Uh, and then there's that account, uh, uh, what's it called? Therapists Who Rock, mm -hmm. that is just a wealth of bad information. Yeah, I think one that I hear, I've heard more than once, is uh, people coming to me that have experienced trauma and want to work, do trauma work, and they've been told over and over, you know, well, the thing to do is to avoid it. You know, write it in a book, close the book, put it on the shelf, and avoid it, and go get your uh, marijuana prescription card and do hot yoga, and you'll be good. And actually, avoiding is the worst thing to do. Avoiding keeps it going. They left out the mushrooms, though. Yeah, they didn't talk about, I haven't anybody talk about mushrooms. Well, you find that you avoid things, you'll find that it actually makes it worse because it it builds it up almost. It's almost like avoiding it. It's feeding it. It's like a beast mm -hmm. that if you, if you mm -hmm. keep avoiding, it's feeding on that avoidance when eventually it will come out even bigger and cause even more catastrophization. Good job. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Mm -hmm. yep. you're, you're right. A little neuroscience there is, is people don't understand about avoidance is that you, you can't avoid accidentally. Uh, avoidance is really an intentional thing. And when you intentionally do something, the brain reads that as necessary. In other words, the doing of a thing is telling my brain this is a valuable thing to do. Then that, that could be eating a case of honey buns all day long. It could be, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, 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 you know, drinking too much. I mean, it could be anything, literally anything. Um, but when you avoid, you're telling your brain that the thing I'm avoiding is important because you're focusing on it. And if that is a difficult emotion, such as, well, anger, or irritation, or even anxiety, which I struggle with uh, really high levels of anxiety younger. And of course, like most people, I still struggle with it. Uh, I also struggle with lots of episodes of panic, which by the way, I don't call panic attacks because there's nothing attacking me that just uh, makes matters worse in my brain telling myself that something's attacking me. The more you focus on avoiding an emotion, the more your brain's going to create of it eventually long term. Uh, the better choice is what? Uh, avoid avoiding. Avoid avoiding. Yes. Embrace it instead. Yep. Yep. Because I know I was saying to somebody else who who was, uh, uh, I, I, do you know what? I wish I'd taken the name. But we were talking earlier on because uh, I was explaining that I was chatting to yourselves. And I was saying how I have this thing that if if there's an overarching problem in life that gets discussed before I try to go to sleep, I find it difficult then to sleep on that. I find that I have to, inside my own head, I have to work out how am I going to get around this problem? And then once once I've got around that, then I'm calm and able to go to sleep. Uh, it's because I've come up with an idea of how to sort that problem yes, out. Yes, exactly. Um, and remember... As we're saying, the art lab, and, and what does the art lab stand for? We call this this the art lab studio. Okay, can you put it up there where I can do a, a live feed on my on my camera, Sarah, uh -huh. and yes. I can show everybody our our little gear setup. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we we used to do this very readily and handedly, 
but mm -hmm. I am, uh, let's see. To put it on your camera. What should I click on? Uh, probably your camera. It looked impressive, what I just saw. Um, <laughs> just, uh, well, I'll, I'll try to figure that out. Uh, this is called the Art Lab Studio that stands for Accurate Realistic Thoughts, Life-Affirming Beliefs. We try to be clever calling it the Art Lab. There's an art of living, and it is Accurate Realistic Thoughts. Um, but uh, a good way to, to think of that is that the brain creates thoughts the way blizzards create snowflakes. It's just what the brain does. Wow. Just because the brain yeah. creates a thought doesn't mean it's an accurate or realistic or healthy thought. So what you can do, Marv, or anybody else listening, is you can write all those thoughts out on a sheet of paper, arrange them in order of most likely. It's called the law of parsimony. Uh, all things been equal, the, the simplest explanation is usually the most accurate. So get them out of your head on a sheet of paper, uh, allow yourself to consider other things, don't underthink it, meaning don't ignore other important ways of thinking, entertain all of them, but ask yourself, which one of these thoughts is the pathway that leads my life in the direction which is healthy for me? Which one? And you have many options. And there's always the possibility as well that if if you are in a situation where you are thinking about these things and it's just too much and you just can't quite, there's nothing wrong with just nipping to get yourself a drink and then sit down with a drink which will relax you and make it easier for you to work these things out, maybe. Well, maybe. Or you could uh, uh, do something that's readily available and uh, free, uh, cheaper, uh, not harmful at all, and that is breathe because a lot of times... We really forget to breathe. Uh, if, if you watch your puppy dog, if there's something that your puppy dog perceives as a danger, what will it do? It will hold its breath. If you catch yourself in the middle of catastrophizing, you'll notice that you're breathing much more shallow. So focus in on your breathing. On the in-breath, focus on the in-breath. On the out-breath, focus on the out-breath. You could even create a mantra, still mine. My brain is the train. My breath is the track. My breath keeps my brain on track. If you'll practice, that can become a conditioned response to difficult thoughts and difficult emotions. Breathing. It's the greatest drug you'll ever find. <laughs> Readily available. I was going to say, I wasn't on about alcohol, by the way. I was just on about like a cup of tea or something. A That's cup something. of tea, green tea. Green tea's good. With some mushroom in it. Oh, no. <laughs> no sponsorship here. I get that from Amazon, by the way. It's it's, it's called Seven Sacred Mushrooms. I, I don't have an affiliate agreement. But, uh, yeah, yeah, do, do something that's relaxing. Take a walk. Observe a bird, a flower. We have lots of lizards around here. I like to lizard watch. Mm -hmm. uh, they run a, run about. Uh, I like when they do the push-ups on the wall. They do oh, the push-ups yeah. on the wall. Is that what yeah. they're doing? I yeah. love the I love lizard push-ups. <laughs> I need to do more of those myself. Marv, you had some more questions. I don't want to take over the the airspace. Speaking of air in the room, that's okay. <laughs> so, but but then so so when you do get guests, how do you find those guests, and then? Um, how do you get them onto the show? 
Who wants to take that one? Um, I think I think we um, we've gotten some of our people from talking with them on Podmatch. We've had some people that um, have requested and just kind of asked, "Hey, can we be on? We we've listened to your podcast. We like it. Um, we'd like to talk with you." And um, and so we've we've had them come on. We've had other people who, um, I believe. We had someone who was a, a friend, I think. Yeah. Um, and he came on and then we've, um, well, yeah, fellow professionals. We'll, we'll find people that are fellow mm-hmm. professionals. Yeah. And just different kind of, um, different kind of life coaches, different types of, um, just coaches in general, just kind of, um, seeing what, um, what fits kind of with, um, like our audience and what they would enjoy and kind of what, um, what would be good to um, just kind of talk about on the show that kind of goes with what we're going with. And um, we kind of talk to them about just kind of um, we go back and forth and kind of just see, you know, kind of when they're available and then we'll schedule it. And, and um, what else? I know there's more to the, like, is there like a vetting process? I'm not on that end of it. So, well, you know, I, I've I've started asking people if you mind if I disagree with you on air because mm-hmm. I, I had one guest uh, I, I didn't say that and and the guest actually asked me right out. They said you're not going to disagree with me, are you? And it really caught me by surprise because personally, I never mind if someone disagrees with me. Yeah. To me, it's just information, and I'm okay uh, if 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 the information someone else has said disagrees with mine. Uh, uh, I'll challenge theirs. I'm okay with them challenging mine. But out in the podcast world, believe it or not, there's there's a lot of people they they just don't want to be challenged. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they're they they really closely guard their perspective of the world, which I, I think is not a a really good idea. By the way, um, if 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 what you believe can't be challenged with any other information, then how does what you believe differ from a fairy tale? Uh, by the way, I stole that uh, from uh, one of your fellow countrymen, uh, um, a famous uh, philosopher back in the day, uh, Anti- Sir Anthony Flew, F-L-E-W. <laughs> and if, if, if you believe what you believe and you think it's accurate, then unless it's a fairy tale, then be open to people challenging it because it sharpens your perspective, it sharpens your argument. And if it can't be challenged, then what good is it? It's 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 no different than the tooth fairy. So the vetting process Heather talked about is I typically ask people, look, you 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 say some things that I don't particularly agree with. I still want you on the show. Can we have an open, honest, you know, debate discussion about that? Uh, I will in my social media smackdown debates on social media. Uh, I'll invite people and say, hey, you know, uh, if if you're convinced that I'm right, or I'm sorry that you're right, I'm wrong. Then we'll put a cam in your face, a mic on your mouth, and you can, you know, tell my audience how you think I'm mistaken. And then it's my turn. Uh, I have not even once been taken up on that. Never, 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 never. It's really quite shocking, which means that those people, they don't even believe what they're saying. They're just saying it. Uh, So the vetting process is some of that. Uh, We will send out a instruction sheet. Uh, that tells people, you know, what we recommend as far as mics, camera, uh, uh, you know, we, we use Ecamm, so use Chrome, works best with Ecamm. 
and uh, other things. And uh, so we do a little bit of guest education. Uh, I have an outline, a interview card, as I call it. Uh, but it's a it's it's just a suggestion. I don't mind getting off of that. But mm-hmm. when I'm doing the interview, I will track. So there is a beginning, middle, and end, as my uh, famed speech professor used to say to me. Uh, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them what you told them. So that's the rough structure of our interview card. Brilliant. So I'm guessing that uh, the show is, as we, we're using this software now, which is Guest Ecamm, is it yes. called, I think. Uh, so is that how you do it all of the time, or is that just how you record the show when you've got guests? Uh, always. Uh, we don't do it any other way. Uh, we often have guests who will, uh, or uh, folks that want to interview us, uh, use other software. Uh, it's, you know, whatever your jam is, uh, you know, we just like Ecamm. Uh, we, we don't make, we, we're, we don't have an affiliate agreement. I'm not recommending it because we get six bucks or whatever uh, out of recommending it. I, I just think it's a good product. Uh, it does take some, uh, some, some, you know, learning. There's a bit of a learning curve, but that's okay. By the way, learning new things helps make your brain more resilient to cognitive decline later in life. Learn new things. Yep. And it has lots and lots of features. Before we went live, you know, I'd already, I'd already said to you that that was one of the good things about the show that I do is that initially it was Heather who asked me about, who was saying this about it. And I said that, I started by by initially looking at shows that I was already listening to personally, and I was sort of like listening to similar type of shows. But then I realised that the best thing to do was use the show's principle, you know, of bringing people, you know, a new show to their to them or a new type of show to them. I thought if I open my mind to other types of show and and other sorts of media there in in the world of podcasting that's actually making expanding my own you know understanding in a sense or it just opens your mind to more options i agree I don't, don't get yeah don't get your 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 podcasting brain stuck in a box be willing to try new things and look what other people are doing and uh, bar their concepts, make them your own. I mean, if this is a community, let's let's synergize and use the best of all worlds because we we have an audience that we're here to serve. And so, if if we're cooking up something in the Therapy Bites kitchen that works well, we're glad to serve it up for you guys. Uh, and if there's anybody out there that wants to interview us, we're glad to do that. And you can mm-hmm. use our setup, our software to do it. We'll send you a link and the show is yours and once it's recorded we'll send you uh the files and you can chop them up however you want share them out on social media send it back to us we'll do the same uh i think we should be there to support each other mm-hmm. me too and i, I like this format i, I love that i even look like the look of the, the layout of the screen as well that that was it sarah set this layout it's all us. sarah <laughs> yeah yeah we'll have to get her some bonus mushrooms oh no <laughs> Level up. <laughs> she might not be able to control it if she has too many. <laughs> D- dare I say, been there, done that. Um, <laughs> yeah, who is that blue guy? 
Oh, he yeah. Is that blue guy. So he is actually um, the psychology symbol. So if you look at, um, I don't have a picture of it right now, but if you look at uh, the psychology symbol um, on really anywhere you see anything about psychology, it's yeah. it's um, got like the, the two forks like this. So we just made him a little noodly guy so he can uh, do all sorts of stuff. But he's sitting on the couch, um, and we're, we're beneath the couch, so... Um, there's uh, all four of our heads beneath the couch. And then if we have a guest, we put them. Oh, hang oh on, there let me... it is. There yeah. it is. The psychology symbol. Yeah, we, we just uh, <laughs> we uh, the blue guy is here, here's your other big word for the day and anthropomorphized. Say that 10 times <laughs> real fast. An anthropomorphized version of the psychology symbol, because to me, that looked like arms. And I had a buddy of mine. Hey, also from uh, the UK. Yep. The great. Phil Gormley, who I've worked with for 17, 18 years now on different projects, uh, brought Guy, as we he came to be called, brought Guy to life by making him look more human. And he started out blind because the point was we think that the world of psychology has a blindness to things that ought not, a blindness to what it does to people when you label them with a diagnosis. Um, uh, for, for a really, really big one, a blindness when you use such terms as gaslighting and manipulating and controlling and toxic, how, how very bad that is for you to have those words in your mouth. And so he was blind, but then we wanted him more cuddly because people called him that blue alien creature. (laughs) Uh, So we put a pair of glasses on him to humanize him and some googly eyes. Yeah. To make him more quirky, fuzzy, wuzzy, which Mm -hmm. is really kind of our jam, you know. (laughs) And the couch, of course, has a big bite out. You know, the 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 symbolic therapy couch, uh, and we we put put it where uh, there's a bite out of it. Oh yeah. Hence therapy bites, Mm -hmm. and we put our little emoji heads under it because we're coming out from under the couch. We're out, out of the couch, out from under the couch. We're from the deep, dark recesses of the therapy couch. Now you can have that thought while you're there listening on your couch in pitch blackness to this show. <laughs> they are all under your couch. <laughs> With mushroom coffee. We're nipping at the heels of... Psycho malarkey, social media psycho malarkey. It's like, come under the couch. We have mushrooms. <laughs> do, do you edit the shows together? I mean, I mean, yeah, when you when actually, that's interesting, Mark. Um, so I can't believe I'm actually congratulating myself for this. <laughs> so when you do the chats with people, is that done in one stream? And then you edit in the sections in between and break it up and then do it that way. We, we have five podcasts a week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Tuesdays, we either record a interview episode, which is a long form hour up to hour and a half, uh, or as we did today, we do a short form team episode with just the four of us covering a topic. And uh, that is both of those, uh, either interview or just the team episode, are recorded and then edited. Yep. to get the best possible sound. We want to put our best foot forward 
uh, best sound, best audio, uh, visuals forward in that. But then on Tuesday evenings, like tonight, I will do a live stream, unedited, Jeopardy-style psychological game show pattern after Jeopardy. Wow. Uh, where I tackle in 18 to 20 minutes uh, some psychology questions that people have sent us. And uh, we will... I say the answers and the, the audience tries to come up with the questions and they win merchant. Well, we call them Psy coins, PC Psy coins that they can get, uh, they can redeem, add up, collect to get merchandise for free from the Therapy store. Uh, I do that Tuesday, Thursday. And then on Saturdays, I do the executive espresso uh, caffeinated conversations with Dr. Heath, 9 a.m., sometimes it's 10, sometimes I have one guess sometimes I have two, sometimes I have none because they don't show up, uh, but that's okay. And uh, the uh, those are not edited. Uh, those are just live streamed. And then we do a clubhouse, uh, a T-ball clubhouse, which is a psychological support group every Tuesday at 12 noon Central Standard Time, Chicago, Memphis time. And that is also not edited. We just put out one edited show a week. We drop it every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it, w the way that comes about is after we get the audio done, I make sure that the audio and the video are, um, that they line up. And then we go in and we kind of cut it out to where, like, if there's excess content or um, stuttering or silent spots, we'll cut those out. And then I make that into one film. And then I'll have... Um, a list of what drops go with which episodes. So typically if you pay attention the, to the longer episodes, they'll have two drops in them and they'll alternate each time. Um, and then the short form episodes will have one drop in them and that's the same every time. Well, the, 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 sh the short form is the fresh from the therapy couch. We, we share a story that someone has said, uh, uh, I want others to learn from my experience. Yep. And they have given us permission to share out that story. Mm -hmm. And then in the longer episodes, we'll have the two drops, which alternate between um, we'll have one episode that has the social media smackdown and the couch come quote, crouch crumb quote. And then we'll have um, the other ones that have um, the creature feature and um, psych secrets. And then what I do is I'll chop, I'll kind of see where the middle of the episode is. I'll chop it and then I'll put in the um, the music and, and videos and, and different drops. And then I'll, I'll smush it all together and put in transitions and stuff like that. And I want to encourage you guys, to, you podcasters, give us your feedback on our outro. We put a lot of work into coming up with a cool, quirky, snarky outro. And... Uh, We've been told, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to brag on ourselves, but uh, I think it worked out pretty good. Heather does a great job on editing always. Debbie jumps in and helps her. Sarah, we, we all kind of have our little parts we play in this jigsaw puzzle of our podcast adventure. That's great. So, um, logo and music. So, have, have you got any episodes? I mean, you put out a lot of episodes, so are there any that really, really stand mm. out to you? Mm. Sarah? Um, I think Debbie and I might Debbie and I might pick the same one, but I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead with go it. Ahead. Um, I really enjoyed the Kim Sorrell episode. Yeah. What was that about? 
That was about uh, Love Is. She wrote the book Love Is. Her oh, husband, is, yeah. yeah. Oh, she yeah. and her husband um, both got cancer diagnoses within, what was it, just a couple months, months of each something? other. Yeah. And her husband didn't make it. Um, and so she kind of shares her story with other people to help them. But she, she went off um, as a missionary, uh, I believe, to Africa. Was it not? Or um, No, it may I have been somewhere else. Yeah. But she went off as a missionary. And during that time, she spent a month. Dominican Republic? Um, it may have been. She spent mm. one month on each um, aspect of love that's found in um, the scriptures. You know, love is patient, love is kind. Um, it does not envy. It does not boast. She she spent one month on each one of those. So her first chapter of her book is Love is Patient. And she just explores that in ways that you never really would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but through that interview, she shared all of that information with us. Um, I encourage you all to go listen to it. It's really good. But it's okay. it kind of makes you think, you know, maybe the things in my life aren't as bad as I think they are. Um, and I wish I could handle things as well as she's handled them. But um, she's very inspirational in that episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think one of my favorites was my executive espresso with Dr. Jeremy Sherman, who uh, does research and has written books on uh, his words, not mine, uh, effectively dealing with assholes. (laughs) (laughs) We need to read that book. Everybody needs to read that. And and by the way, if you go through your day, if everybody you meet is an asshole, you need to stop and ask yourself, maybe you're the asshole. if you're labeling everybody else as that. My, my other favorite one uh, would be with uh, my good friend, uh, Mark Lothar, mm, who's a, good one. a world-class, mm-hmm. worldwide hostage negotiator trainer. Wow. And Mark and I used to travel the U.S. Uh, uh, after he took over from my former now deceased business partner, Dominic Messino, who used to have his own TV show called Hostage, Do or Die. You guys can look that up on Investigative Discovery. It's called Hostage, Do or Die. And I miss Dominic every day. But Mark took took his role. And Mark and I would go across the country teaching crisis negotiation, hostage negotiation techniques. And Mark did a show where he teamed up on how to use world-class hostage negotiation techniques in your relationship. And that turned out to be a really great. That was, I like that episode. So many good ones, really. Mm-hmm. Roman Prokov was Roman, one. Roman yes. Prokopich, uh, yes. the Roman's yes. Road to Resilience. Roman is a awesome um, Ukrainian. Well, he came. He comes from Ukraine, and he has adopted over his life. I don't know, fifty kids or something like that. He is a a, a foster parent, and is just changing the world, and has an incredible story of his uh, leaving the Ukraine and coming to the U.S. And uh, he, he's also a podcaster. And mm-hmm. so look up uh, Roman and our episode with Roman uh, called uh, The Roman's Road to Resilience, which, of course, is about uh, something that is in very short supply in our country of very spoiled people, uh, resilience. Heather, mm-hmm. you got a favorite? Oh, there's so many. Um one that I I really enjoyed um, was uh, Kim Sorrell's, and then also I'm trying to remember the name. Um, What's it about? It was the gentleman who had cancer, 
Um, was it Bob De Pasquale? Yes. Oh, oh, he was awesome. That was another one that was. A By the way, if you're on our show, uh, we'll have to do one for for you. Uh, uh, we'll have to get a, a graphic and and do a graphic mm-hmm. uh, w- because we uh, uh, if you're a guest on our show, we make a graphic and put your memoji head on a yoga body on a cup and a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Probably the only time you'll see my, my head on top of the yoga body. <laughs> We'll put you in a, in the, in, I don't know. We'll have to pick the proper yoga pose, <laughs> but you can look at our Shopify store at, at all the different yoga poses and yeah. we'll, we'll do you a graphics. And so you can get your own mug from the therapy bite shop. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a coupon or something. All you gotta do. Well, yeah, we, we, we get, we give our guests a free mug and a free, uh, t-shirt for being on the show. Do, do you know, I'm going to go off on something else now, just very quickly, just say something. So um, before we, inf- I mean, well, we are going to go for top tips for self-care anyway. So in, in a sense, this sort of fits. So when I had my chat with Chris from uh, Walking Tall, uh, we were talking about, you know, how people, when they go through, I'm sorry, I'm getting very serious now. Sorry. It's okay. Um, it's so we're talking about when people go through a traumatic experience and dealing with those sorts of things and how that can, you know, I mean, obviously, understandably, it can cause a lot of problems, you know, mentally with people. And uh, and I was saying in that, that, you know, through my own experience from when I was abused in childhood, I was saying that a lot of problems that these people have, they'll have dreams, you, you will have dreams about these things. You'll, you, And I was saying that how it works is that one of the worst things people can say is, oh, you'll get over it, or along <laughs> similar lines. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll forget about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not really how it works. How it works is that you will still have... That That still lives with you. These things still live with you. It's just that you come to a certain stage in your, in your development of this where you'll you'll say, it's something really weird. It's almost, um, I don't know how to explain it, almost epiphanal in a sense where at a certain point in therapy, through therapy, because you'll have to go through therapy for these things, you get to a point where you, you're almost saying, it's like a, an affirmative where you're saying, look, that will always be with me but it doesn't dictate who I am. Mm-hmm. And the more that you, more that that, that that becomes part of you and it doesn't dictate who you, are, who you are, yeah, you'll still have those, occasionally you'll have those nightmares probably come to you now and again, but they don't make as much of an impression or change to you as a person. That's, that's really the truth behind that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, trauma is a chisel that can shape your life. Until you realize that ultimately you're the one holding the chisel and you get to decide, you get to decide, I get to decide how that shapes my life. And wielding that chisel begins with deciding how I'm going to choose to think about those experiences. Uh, I get to decide. The only way to not think about them is, you know, I don't know, probably I've, I've told people sitting here, they'll say, 
can you stop it or how soon will it stop? Oh, you want it to stop? I wish you'd said so earlier. I can stop those memories in about three minutes. Uh, I just have to have time to go to the garage, get my three-pound hammer with which I would hit you in the head really hard, and then you'll forget yeah. all kinds of things. But no, short of uh, uh, a uh, head injury-induced amnesia of some kind, there, there's no there's no forgetting. Uh, there's only the sculpting. There's no forgetting. There's only the shaping of how you're going to decide to think about that experience. Absolutely. And the more the you run, run from it, the more it's going to chase you. So, mm -hmm. so instead of avoiding, begin avoiding the avoiding. Avoid the avoiding. Yeah. There we go again. <laughs> so, yeah. what top tips do you have for self care? Ooh, um, don't don't stop going. I guess is is a good one. You know, whenever we've experienced something difficult or something traumatic, we have a, a it's tempting to just stop and isolate yourself from everybody and, and not talk to anybody anymore and just kind of live in your own head. That's probably the worst thing you could do. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you're dealing with something difficult and your first thought is, well, I just don't want to be around people. That's probably a good indicator. You need to be around people. You need yeah. to talk to people. You need to keep up those friendships, um, you know, have conversations, difficult conversations with people that you, you care about. Um, exercise is great too. Um, it's, it's a really good time to process what you're thinking when you're doing something physical. Um, but I'll mm -hmm. let, I'll let somebody else take the, take the lead. And, um, another one is oh, your, your oh. camera died again. Oh no. <laughs> Having some technical difficulties. Just doing that. Um, it's, there it goes. <laughs> we'll get it just a second. Another one is, um, your thinking, you know, think about your thinking and uh, make sure that you're thinking healthy, accurate thoughts um, and, you know, identify, identify the unhealthy thoughts and restructure them to something that, you know, is more, more helpful and healthier. So I, I think our thoughts have a lot to do with everything, our self-care. It's, it's, if, if, you know, it, it, it's what kind of path in life do I want to build, do I want to carve, and my thoughts do that. Mm -hmm. uh, the question is not what am I thinking, but what thoughts serve my life the best. Mm -hmm. I think approaching things with curiosity is also a good way to practice self-care. Because sometimes, especially when you're dealing with things, whether it's depression or anxiety or um, experiencing a traumatic experience that you don't, um, want to like Sarah was talking about wanting to get out or wanting to do something, and so like something comes up, and whether it's a conversation or hanging out with um, friends or just um, going going to the store, doing you know just everything, um, like day to day things, it could approaching it with a mindset of, oh, I've got to go to the store. This is going to be a this is going to be a drag. I don't, I don't want to get out. I don't want to do anything. I'd much rather just stay in bed. It's like approaching it with that kind of mindset. Of course, you're going to have a horrible time. You know, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience, but if you approach it with the mindset of, oh, I wonder if I'll see anybody today, or I wonder if, um, you know, I wonder if they replaced that street light on, you know, that street on the way there. I wonder if that's been fixed or if it's still glitching out or, you know, just kind of 
kind of approaching things, even even curi- even conversations. If you have a conversation coming up with someone that's not um, maybe like a maybe it could be like a difficult conversation, just like I wonder what outcomes could come from this. Just approaching it with a an attitude of curiosity rather than like dread and kind of um, like judgment, judgment. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it can be a real big help with moving forward and actually shifting like mom was talking about or like Debbie was talking about shifting your mindset to um, a better perspective and kind of a more um, a more healthy perspective. Sarah? Well, kind of going off uh, what I said before, um, you know, we don't want to isolate, but also, um, you know, we've talked about there's there's six areas here. Let me let me switch this. There's six areas of self-care. So there is social, cognitive, emotional, um, occupational, physical and spiritual. And we've covered some of those already, actually. But um, for occupational, sometimes just getting out and doing your job can be difficult uh, in the morning, especially if you've been through something traumatic or difficult. But we also have to remember we get to decide what value we give things. Mm -hmm. So if I, like Heather said, if I decide to get up and think, Oh my gosh, I got to go to work again. This is going to be horrible. You know, I wish, I wish I could just skip. Maybe I'll take a sick day, all that kind of stuff. Instead, try to look at it as, you know what? I get another opportunity to do something today, whether it's something that I love or just something that's going to help me stay in my home, put food on the table. I get to do something meaningful today. So I'm going to do everything that I can in my power to do it to the best of my ability. Um, And if those difficult, unhealthy thoughts come up, I'm not going to push them out of my, try to push them out of my head and avoid them. I'm going to actually think through them and decide, you know what? There's a better way. There's a more beneficial way for me to look at this. Um, and usually the healthiest things that we do are the hardest things that we do. Becoming healthy is not a, an easy task. Doc? I would say the best thing that I did when uh, one, of, one of the traumas I went through was my dad was killed in a work-related accident um, was I didn't change anything. Uh, everything I was doing, I kept on doing the healthy stuff. Uh, so stop stopping, stop stopping. Um, remember that the total number of people who have ever lived on the planet is estimated to be about, I think about a hundred billion minus the eight, a lot, the 8 billion alive currently on the planet. Uh, there are 92 billion people that have already passed beyond the little sliver of life that they had. Therefore, stop stopping and live your little sliver of life because it'll be over before you know it. And so keep going. I, I love the, uh, the Walt Disney quote. I've said it so much I should be able to have it memorized. But around here, Walt Disney said, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward opening up new doors, doing new things, and curiosity keeps us leading down new paths. Keep going down new pathways. Stop stopping. Keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like um, almost like the John Lennon quote from, his, from one of his songs, you know, where he said that, you know, life is what happens while you're busy making plans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what advice would you give to people then if they wanted to start their own podcast? 
Um, I, I, use the camera. It's not showing up. I think, oh, I think we're having Debbie's some techno, is, uh, technological difficulties. <laughs> uh, I would say that's one. Get ready for the technological difficulties. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. Don't catastrophize the technological <laughs> difficulties. Another motto of mine is everything, everything, everything is figure outable. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Uh, do your podcasts with one person in mind. And realize the value if you only ever serve that one person and realize that's enough. Uh, that's what I would recommend. What about you guys? What are some top tips? Well, we're, we're working in the background on Debbie's camera, <laughs> which has decided to take a nap. <laughs> and uh, I think another good way to look at it, too, is to have fun with it. Um, if you look at it as a way of just... Um, it's, you know, one more thing to do, or there's a lot involved and, you know, break it down into little pieces and have fun with it because it is a fun experience, um, being able to, you know, talk to people, whether you're doing it for, um, just to make people laugh with comedy or you're exploring your experiences or you're having just to sit down with friends, any, or, you know, telling stories or whatever you're, you're wanting to do with it. Just make it to where you have fun with it and that it's on something that you know that you're going to enjoy and that you're going to want to continue with. Because there are kind of like, you know, like Keith, uh, Keith was saying with, you know, technology difficulties, there's um, times when with editing you may lose footage or things may update and change and it doesn't work right. There are little frustrating things that can happen throughout the whole experience and if you know though that you're doing it to have fun with it and that you're doing it for someone else and not just yourself and you're doing it for people that also you know even if it like ducky was saying one person that really get a lot out of it and really look forward to it that day it kind of helps with the perspective of those things are you know just part of the process debbie any suggestions for podcasters? Uh, don't get discouraged and don't give up. Yep. Keep on keeping on, you know, because. Well, or if you do get discouraged, stop and focus in on what thoughts are you having, which is creating what you're calling discouragement. Uh, discouragement is based in cognitive distortions. Fix the distortion the discouragement disappears. Uh, and, and for me, that's finding meaning in what you're doing in the moment. Mm -hmm. Finding meaning. There is meaning in the struggle. There's meaning in the struggle. Once you're okay with the struggle, uh, burnout's not a thing. Uh, pod fade's not a thing. Discouragement's not a thing. And do I get discouraged? Yes, I get discouraged. Uh, but then I focus in on what thoughts am I having that's creating that, and then I restructure those. Has Sarah got any suggestions for podcasters? Oh, I'm um, sure. Just keep going. So sometimes you are going to go blank. <laughs> um, but if that <laughs> happens, it's okay. Don't yeah. catastrophize it. Um, just... Uh, especially if it's not a, a live, you can um, you can cut those things. But if it is a live, that's okay. F go with it. Be you real. know, be real. Be a human. People mm -hmm. forget things, and they're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, they're just as human as I am." <laughs> you know, and have fun with it. 
Absolutely. You know, all this wordplay that you've all been doing today, it, it, I've already mentioned him once, you know, Dr. Seuss. So I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to say this one that I've always loved, this this phrase, and I think it works wonderfully in this situation. Was it, um, today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs> the wonderful wisdom of Dr. Seuss. Oh, my goodness. Yes. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He made me the little boy at heart that I am today. <laughs> yes. The same. I mean, I have memories of being a child in the back of, like, a children's library, just sitting on, on like, sitting on the floor, actually, with, with Dr. Seuss books, you know, mm. just enjoying them. Because there's something magical about the wordplay of his books and the whole, his artwork as well. I always found it interesting that him and Stan Lee were both were both in the same uh, arm, were in the same armed force at, oh, around yeah. the same time. Yeah, and was, that. that was fascinating. That That's really cool. Wow. That is mm-hmm. cool. They both surfed together. And I just wow. find it amazing that how important they were to children with the work that they did mm-hmm. and they were both served together. I just found that fascinating. Wow. That's amazing. I did not know that. So where can people find the show and how can they get hold of you? Well, I think we are most everywhere. Uh, I would really appreciate a, uh, uh, you guys can give us a follow on Twitter it is at therapy underscore bites at therapy underscore bites, and uh, on Instagram it is doc heath, and we're also on uh, TikTok. You can uh, look us up there. And gosh, what are we on TikTok? Oh yeah, at therapy underscore bites. Yeah. Same thing on TikTok. Uh, we're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio. All the huh? Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher's going away. Is it all? Yeah. Yeah, it's going at the end of summer. Yeah, Aww. yeah. Stitcher shall be no more. But until then, we are on Stitcher. We are on Amazon. Uh, look us up on YouTube. We put out a lot of educational videos there that you won't find anywhere else on our YouTube channel, which is what? At Therapy Bites. But we're also Therapy Bites Art Lab. So. And look us up on there. If you have uh, educational videos you'd like for us to produce, let us know something you want to learn. We'd be glad to do it. Mm-hmm. If you find value in what we're doing, you can thank us with a nice review. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for today. This was great. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. We would love to do it again sometime. And keep up the great work. I think you're adding so much value. And I look forward to catching up with you on Twitter, which is where we first met. It is. Anyway, you can find Pods Like Us on, well, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're available through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. And hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>